Father in heaven, we think of that one day throughout the course of history, Lord, when your son came to earth and took on the form of a man, human flesh. But then one day he was willing to go to that cross and was crucified there for our sins. But then one day he rose from that grave to live forevermore. And Father, thank you because of that. We have the blessed salvation of our souls. And we have the great hope because we know that one day Jesus is coming again. Now, Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts through thy word once as we, uh, Lord, learn more about what it means to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. We pray in in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you'll take your Bibles, let us turn to 1 Kings. We're beginning a new series. We finished up on Proverbs. And I want to begin a new series here. And I titled this series, we just sang about the footsteps of Jesus. So it ties in beautifully with uh, the name of the series, The Steps of Elisha. The Steps of Elisha. Excuse me one second as I, I'm going to take a drink here. Thank you. As... Um, as we think of prophets in the, in the Old Testament, uh, probably the one most talked about, preached about, uh, considered one of the greatest prophets of all would be Elijah, correct? Wouldn't it, Elijah, when you, if someone were to ask you, name a prophet in the Old Testament, uh, maybe Elijah would be one of them that would, would come to your mind as one of the great ones. <clears throat> but... Uh, I could have chosen Elijah for our series, uh, but the Lord just led me to what I call the shadow of Elijah, the shadow of Elijah, which is the man who would take his place that walked in the shadow of Elijah for a while until God said, you are the one that... Now you're going to take the place of my great prophet Elijah. And his name, of course, was Elisha. Elisha was that shadow uh, who uh, God chose to follow and take the place of Elijah uh, in the ministry and the prophecies of Israel. The book of First and Second Kings, of course, record the history of of the nation of Israel from the time of Solomon to the division of the kingdom. And uh, the fall of the northern, once they split, as you recall, you had the northern kingdom that had ten tribes. You had the southern kingdom, which was the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. And so they were divided. But And and during this time, uh, there were some good kings that reigned in the southern kingdom, and brought some spiritual reform, as, as we read in the scriptures. But in the northern kingdom, as you would read in the life especially of, of Elijah and his ministry, and now it's going to be Elisha as well, all the kings of the north were evil. 
there were really no true revivals during all those years as evil king upon evil king took the throne in the north. Can you imagine being <clears throat> um, called of God and, and, you know, and God says, now you are going to be one of my prophets. Uh, maybe maybe you, you would start thinking, oh, Lord, please let it be uh, in the southern kingdom. Let, let, it be, let it be down in Judah, in Jerusalem. You know, I know the king down there, and he's a godly king. And then God says, by the way, you're going to be a prophet in the north. You're going to have to deal with all that evil up there. Yeah, I don't know uh, uh, if you would and I would run like Jonah if we, if, we, if we just heard that news. But this is where Elijah was placed. And then the man to follow him, Elisha. Now, as, uh, <clears throat> as we will see here, and we're just going to be looking at the last few verses of chapter 19, 1 Kings 19, and we're looking at verses 19 to 21, because we want to follow the footsteps of Elisha as God calls him and prepares him for ministry and then we're going to see how God uses him and there's so much I believe that we can relate to and apply to our own lives when we look at this uh, man's life and uh, Elijah uh, is uh, of course had just finished at this point in time he just finished dealing with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel and we know that whole story. So he was wasted after that. You know, tired, wasted, and, uh, and, and he, he was afraid of, of Jezebel. And so he, he was on the run. But in the midst of his, his, his weariness, Elijah's getting old. And in the midst of his weariness, he, he feels like there's, there's uh, nobody else. Remember, he goes to a cave and... And he hides out, and, and he basically says, Lord, I might as well die, you know, just kill me. Because it looks like I'm the only, only believer left in the whole land. Uh, look at verse 18, when God speaks to him. Okay. And, uh, well, actually, let's, let's go to 15. Look, look back at 15. And the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you have arrived, you shall anoint Hazael king over Aram. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint king over Israel. And then God says, And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, you shall anoint as prophet in Israel your place as prophet in your place so now he finds out that lord you man i'm tired and and my i guess my ministry is coming to an end and it shall be the lord said it shall come about the one who escapes the sword of a hazael jehu shall put to death and the one who escapes from the sword of jehu Elisha shall put to death, yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, 
and every mouth that has not kissed him. So here, God is telling Elijah, I've got 7,000 of my people who are still believing in me. And uh, they, they are the ones that have not bowed down to the to the wickedness of the land and the worship of idols. But now God specifically states, Elijah, I've got someone in mind that I want you to go and anoint. And he is the one who's going to take your place in the ministry. And so he departs. And this is so God is sending him on the mission. Find this man Elisha. So let's look at verse 19. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, while he was plowing with 12 pairs of oxen before him. And he was the 12th. He was with the 12th. And Elijah passed over to him and threw his mantle on him. And threw his mantle on him. Where did he find him? Well, we see Elisha finds him plowing the field, his family's field, with the 12 pairs of oxen. Now, with that many oxen, uh, we would take from this, this account that Elisha probably belonged to a wealthy family. He probably had it all. Had a lot of land and... Uh, and so if he were to be called by God to be a prophet, it would cost him a considerable loss financially, materially, and other things. When you're called of God, when those prophets were called of God, if they were going to heed the call and obey God's calling, they had to leave it all. They had to leave it all, and they were going to be basically be uh, walking it alone. Now, Elisha, by his response, we will see that Elisha, no doubt, had a heart for God. And he had his priorities straight, as we'll see throughout his life. But notice, though he may have belonged to a prominent uh, family, a wealthy family. Where is he? Where does Elijah find him? In the field, plowing. You know, so we, we sometimes would think, uh, well, God's, God's going to find someone who's maybe, uh, he, uh, who kind of is in his, in his office studying. You know, and he's doing all that, that uh, studying for the ministry or uh, and, and maybe there are other things in his life that, that um, you know, he's got his hands in. But, but what, what, what does this tell us about Elisha? He was a man who was found faithful. He was not irresponsible or lazy, was he? No. When God found him, what was he doing? He was being faithful to where God placed him. He was faithful to the task God had given him. And what was that? To work with his father, to work with his family, work with his hands. And, 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 and he didn't look for something else, but he stayed uh, the course 
with what God gave him. And I think the one word we see over him that could be written is the word faithfulness. Here is a man who was faithfulness. And how many great men do you recall that God called in the Bible who were called while they were showing this kind of faithfulness? Do you remember anybody? Think of a name. Just say it out loud. If you think of somebody who he was doing his job when God came and got him, he was doing something else. David, yes. King David, what, what did God have him doing? What was he doing? Sheep. You know, taking care of his father's sheep. God wanted him. Somebody else? Do you know another name? Can you think of anybody else? Who's that? Joseph, yes, yes. Joseph, uh, basically, uh, you know, his brothers were all the ones getting the attention and out for his dad, and Joseph was kind of a runt. And, uh, and, and dad would send him out to just check on his, uh, his, his brothers, but Joseph was faithful to his father, so much so that, that, jo- that his father favored him. We got Peter who was... Jesus found him, what was he? A fisherman. He was faithfully fishing. Paul, he was making tents, as well as being a Pharisee, of course. And Moses was out pastoring the flock when God went to him and called him with the burning bush and said, I've got a job for you to do. So here we see that Elisha is the one that's going to be called And he is faithful right where he is. But as he is working, we read at the end of verse 19, Elijah passed over to him, went to him. And it doesn't say he said anything. He he just did one thing. He threw his mantle on him. So just picture yourself as Elisha. You're plowing the field. And all of a sudden, and, and Elisha knew who Elijah was and and uh, Elijah would come over and he he would see him coming and stop the plow and then Elijah would just throw his mantle his cloak over the shoulders of Elisha now three things to notice about this the mantle was considered the official garment of prophets back then Okay, uh, there were three types of mantles that were worn in biblical times. Um, and this cloak could be made of animal hair, or, uh, but it was a special garment of distinction. Uh, certain w- ones were worn by kings, but especially prophets had a special mantle made for them, a cloak that they would wear over them. And so if somebody saw that person wearing that cloak, Immediately, they were identified as a prophet of God. That's what this was. And the mantle automatically marked the person wearing it as a prophet or a spokesman for God. And it was this, basically, if you saw a man wearing that, like you saw Elijah wearing that, it was a sign of commitment to God. A sign, as you saw that man, you right away, you know, well, he sold out to God. Because he's wearing that. That tells us that 
he is, he's, he's, on the, he's on the road, and he's committed his life to the Lord. And it's a symbol of, of sacrifice. So secondly, Elijah coming over to Elisha and throwing his mantle over him was a symbolic act letting Elisha know that he was being summoned by God for the office of prophet. And so this suddenly, Elisha knew what this meant. And there it came, was thrown over him, and he, he wore this mantle, suddenly it was on him, and it was a sign that God had now chosen him and gifted him and was going to enable him to be his prophet, his spokesman in the land of Israel. So Elisha immediately understood what that meant. But I think the thing that, how we bring this to our own hearts tonight is that in a spiritual way, we all have been given a, a spiritual mantle when we came to know the Lord. You know, sometimes we, we think of those who have been called a full-time ministry and, and, and in the sense of, of um, you know, their occupation is in the ministry somehow or on the mission field. But if we look at Scripture, what Scripture has to say, then we, we see that actually... God has placed on all of us some sort of spiritual mantle. Turn to 1 Peter with me. 1 Peter chapter 2. Here in 1 Peter 2, go to verse 5. And look what Peter writes to the church. 1 Peter 2.5, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual household for a holy, what? What's next? Priesthood. To offer up sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. It's so easy to to think of others as having so-called a spiritual mantle, a calling of God on their life. Oh, you know, as you think of, of, of people today, you think of, uh, say, doc, uh, Dr. Dave Jeremiah, you know, and you see him on TV, and what a man of God. And so, you know, right away we say, well, he had the call, he, he's had a great calling. And he, he was given the mantle, you know, for, uh, of ministry by God. Or we pick other ones out that, that we've seen and hold up, and, and they stand out. But according to what Peter's saying to us, you and I are called living stones, and we are continually being built up as a spiritual house, the house the church, being a spiritual house for what? A holy priesthood. That's a calling. That's a great calling to think that you are called as a holy priest before the Lord Jesus Christ in his name. You and I have been placed in a holy priesthood, and what are we to do? Here's our calling, each one of us. He says it there. 
to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Spiritual sacrifices. So every day of my life, God, now that I am saved and I'm set into this, uh, this priesthood of Jesus Christ, I am called to offer up spiritual sacrifices to him. And how do I do that? Does it mean that I just, I, I sell everything I have and, and I pack my, my one suitcase and I head off to Timbuktu just and, and, and you know, just and go, go out to the mission field and, and, uh, and just, you know, leave everything behind? No, God only calls certain ones to do that. But what he has called us to do is right where we are to be faithful in, in presenting to our Lord the spiritual sacrifices every day. And wh- how do I do that? It's by laying my heart out before him, making sure my will is surrendered to him. That, Lord, you have my will, and, and I'm seeking every day to obey his word. And to live in it so that when I, when I am in the process of making decisions, I'm going to make them that are the decisions that are in line with God's word. Things that will please him. My attitudes every day. The way I, I communicate with someone, whether it's at home or whether it's out in the world somewhere. The, what comes out of my mouth is is either going to uh, bring shame to the Lord or it's going to be a spiritual sacrifice, one of these spiritual sacrifices. If I use words of kindness, edification, or words of encouragement to build someone up, that is a sacrifice, spiritual sacrifice to the Lord. Each one of us have been called by God to wear, as it were, a spiritual mantle and called into full-time ministry. Did you know that you are called into full-time ministry as a believer according to this you are we all are we think of you know and i, I remember brother greg and i had, had talked about this some time ago you remember that greg of, of you know it uh, the lord spoke to his heart about that you know that that every every believer should be considered being in full-time ministry because we are to walk in the spirit and and manifest christ in our bodies and so when we do that that is ministering full-time for the lord and and shining uh the light of christ to the world and to to other believers so here we see that you and i have been given sort of a mantle by the lord jesus christ to follow him Right When he called you, he said, follow me. And now that we follow him, he, he desires that we deny ourselves, right? Pick up the cross and what? Follow him. It's denying myself. That is basically what Elisha is, is doing. So if you'll go back with me to 1 Kings, let's go back and see here as Elijah places this mantle on him 
We want to see Elisha's response. So verse 20, 1 Kings 19, now we move to verse 20. So after the manna was placed on him, and he left the oxen, see, and ran after Elijah. What does that tell us? It tells us that Elijah just went over, threw the mantle on him, and started walking away and was heading out to ministry. And so what is it? it says here? It says here, he, Elisha, left the oxen, ran after Elijah, and said, please let me, he knew he was called now to the prophetic ministry, please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. First, let me do this. Let me, let me, you know, uh, go say goodbye to my, my parents. Now, some people have, uh, have wrongly looked at this and interpreted it as, uh, what, uh, as something that, that was a negative because, and put it in the category of what Jesus talked about in Luke chapter 9. When he said, you must leave your father and mother, you know, and, and your house and be willing to give up everything for me. That's not what's ha- what, what he's doing here. What Elisha is doing, and here again, shows the character of this man and why God called him. What he was doing, he was showing an act of, of respect and honor to his parents. He wanted to honor them, first of all. And the second reason he wanted to do this was to celebrate his entrance into the ministry with his family before he would leave them. And so it was kind of to declare and confirm his commitment to follow the Lord into the prophetic ministry. And so so he is to be commended for this. Now look uh, look at Elijah's response then to Elisha when Elisha asks that question can I go back to let me go back to my mom and dad and then I'll follow you (coughs) and he said end of verse 20 go back again for what have I done to you go back again for what have I done to you now he's saying okay go go back and do that and then follow me but that statement at the end of that uh, that his his uh, response, he says, "Go back." And then he says, "For what have I done to you?" Now, when you read that, you go, "What is? It? Why did Elijah say that? For what have I done to you?" And we read it in in uh, in the English translation, and it gets confusing. But actually, in the Hebrew, it has. The meaning of Elijah basically saying to him, I had nothing to do with your calling. It was God that called you. So in essence, he was saying, Elijah, uh, you know, uh, what have I to do with all this? I don't have anything to do with it. You know, uh, it's God who called you. He wanted Elisha to, to know from the start that he, God had called him. That this wasn't Elijah's idea. Elijah didn't say, hmm, let me pick out a a man that I think would fit the bill. 
Isn't it good that, that uh, we don't go p- picking people out for, for ministry and, and say, you're the one, you're not the one, you're the one, you're not the one. Elijah was saying, God chose you. So that's why that statement, statement was made. But, so he was going to go back and he was going to celebrate with his family. And so that's where we come to verse 21. So he returned from following him and took the pair of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the implements of the oxen and gave it to the people. It's all his family and workers and helpers. Gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and ministered to him. What does that tell us here? He goes home. He takes the pair of oxen he had, took the pair of oxen he was working with, he took them back, and what did he do? He takes them and he sacrifices them on the altar. But he burns them, and it's going to be a feast. He's, he's now going to celebrate but he, he, makes, he, he lays down the things that, that he was working with, the oxen, and he feeds, feeds the family. But notice what he boils them on. It's easy to miss this. There. And boiled their flesh, made the sacrifice of them, with the implements of the oxen. It's just tucked away in there. He, he, he made the sacrifice with the implements of the oxen. What does that mean? That means that he took the harness, the yoke, the metal, everything that was, was being used, he was using for the work in the field with those oxen. He took that and basically took it apart, and he used that as, as tools and instruments to to present the sacrifice to God. Remember, this was a sacrifice to God, not just to feed the family as a feast, but it was a sacrifice to the Lord. And what's the symbolic truth here that the Lord's trying to tell us? Basically, he's showing us in Elisha's life here in the beginning that Elisha, in doing this, is saying, I am going to leave my old life. I'm leaving my old life, I'm leaving everything I knew, and I'm leaving it here at the altar. And now I'm going to follow the Lord as he follows Elijah. He, he, by this, he symbolically was telling his family, I'm giving up my work in the field because God has called me to something else. And, and I must do it. And so... Basically, he was letting go of his past and looking to the Lord and trusting the Lord to supply his needs in the future. He had it all. He, he had the home. He had the family. He had everything he could want. But yet, when God called him, he didn't run like Jonah. But what did he do? He met with the family and he basically took apart everything that, that symbolized his life. And he laid it on the altar, the oxen, and used the tools to let his family know, I belong to God. And he can do what he wants with me. 
And I think this is a lot like you know, uh, when we think of uh, the Apostle Paul and his commitment to the Lord, you know, that he was willing to lay it all aside and to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And he considered everything else to be as dung for the sake of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. And may this uh, speak to our hearts tonight as, as we head out this week. Take with you the perspective that everyone, no matter how old you are, you're retired maybe, and you're, you're, God's using you perhaps in ministry here or other ways. I look around here and I see, I, I, I just can, I know w- what ministries many of you have been involved in or what you have done serving the Lord in the church in some way with your hands or, or, or fixing things, building things or or, or uh, you know, doing work around the, 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 the property of the Lord here, all kinds of things, or teaching a Sunday school class or children's church or working in the nursery, all these things. These are ministries God has given to you. And he he's basically wants you to remember that you have been called by him to serve with all your heart like Elisha did. And no matter what you, 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 what, what, where God has placed you, God wants you to bloom there as a plant. That's where he planted you, right here, for a purpose, for uh, a divine purpose to minister to the saints, to others, to be a witness to the world around you. And never, never think that, well, God isn't using me, that God can't use me, because you have been given spiritual mantle by the Lord Jesus Christ when he said, follow me. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the lessons we have already learned tonight from this man, Elisha, that you have called. And he was willing to leave it all, to lay it all on the altar, to follow you. Father, give us that same kind of heart. Though you may not call us to leave and go into full-time work as an occupation, but Father, wherever we are, wherever we are now, each one of us, Lord, help us to understand that we are part of a royal priesthood and you are desiring spiritual sacrifices from us every day. And so, Lord, may we remember that we are wearing the mantle given to us by the Lord Jesus to be in his service. And I pray, Lord, that you would encourage each one here as they continue to seek to be faithful in that calling. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.